Hi, I'm Jenny from Wisconsin. I'm Jill from Michigan. Welcome back to our podcast, Creepy Soup. Where we discuss all things creepy. Paranormal. True crime. Spiritual. With a side of bullshit. Good morning. That was a process and a half. Oh, Jesus Christmas. It was, oh. So one or both of us was having some technical difficulties where we were freezing and sounding like robots and like matrix type bullshit. But now (laughs) we seem to be good. We hope. So how have you been? Uh, I've been okay. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, today I am taking Marcelo to the doctor. Um, he bashed his head on a shelf. Mm. And after he did it, he had gotten sick for a couple of days to where he had a fever he was throwing up um things like that well now there is a site shall we say that is next to where he hit his head not the actual spot where he hit it's like next to it and it's like oozing it keeps crusting um it's got like the red circle um so yeah, we're really not sure what it is, and we're supposed to go to the water park tomorrow. <laughs> it has literally taken me all month, but we're finally getting to the water park. I have declared it. The weather's going to be beautiful. Nobody's going to be sick, and nothing's happening, but we're going. <laughs> yeah, because you've had to reschedule this water park thing a couple times now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think it's um, making the girls a little upset. <laughs> Because mom was like, okay, we're going this way. I'd be upset too. Yeah, I I don't blame them. So my niece is going to come spend the night tomorrow night. Or no, sorry, she's spending the night tonight. Um, And then my stepdaughter is coming tomorrow in the morning. Um, So yeah. So I, you are going, you're going tomorrow. You're going to have a wonderful day of beautiful weather. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to have fun. No one's going to get sunburnt. Oh, maybe. It, it's, uh, it's inevitable. Yeah, I my week uh, was good. I, I got my contact lenses. Um, and it, it's the first few times were a struggle. And everyone that knows me knows... I'm not right in the head all the time. And I've got like a a lighted mirror on my desk in here in the spare room where I make my shit and and we record. So if I drop a contact, it's not gonna go down my sink. And I'm in here, I can get the left eye in, first try, no problem. I'm better now with the other, with the right eye. But the one day, I 
I was struggling. And, and my husband and son, who is an adult and didn't that CPS. He's an adult. He's 24. Um, so I'm sitting in here and I'm like, you know, this the right eye, the left eye goes in really easy. The right eye I have trouble with. It's like the difference between vaginal and anal sex. And my husband said, unfucking believable. <laughs> She yeah, she did one. Uh, she, she's not right in the head. I I did. I warned everyone. Everyone who knows me knows. I will say, last night laying in bed, I start laughing. My husband says, "I don't even want to know." And I said, "Do you ever stop and think of what you would look like as a Sesame Street character?" Oh jeez. And he was like, well, I'm not going to be the guy in the garbage can. I'm like, no, no, no. Not what character are you? What would you look like as a Sesame Street puppet? What color would your felt be? He was like, you know, go to sleep. Go to sleep. I've had enough of you today. <laughs> so that, that was, yeah. That's the kind of shit that plays in my head. And believe it or not, I'm not medicated. So... That's hilarious. Nor was I on any type of substance. I don't really drink ever. So, yeah, that's just the shit I think of. And, you know, I know other people do, too. I'm just the dumbass that's willing to admit it. So there we go there. Um, Saturday night, I had my middle grandson, Jackson, a little jackalope. Um, He came over, and I've got, like, some, I've, I've started to build a collection of, like, ghost hunting equipment some of it i don't think works and i will not shop at that company anymore nope 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 um but i did have to buy some of the cat balls because you know <laughs> we got a lot when you brought yours here yes so and the cat we're balls in the same room to be a huge success um and i actually watch a show well, I don't know that it would technically be considered a show, but something I watch um, between TikTok and Clapper, which is Haunted Wesley Manor, and that, that's my recommendation for the week. Check that out because holy crap. Um, but someone had given him some cat balls because he's not able to actually use a REM pod when he's there or I shouldn't say when he's there, he technically lives there. Um, as soon as he turns it on, it's going off nonstop because there is so much activity. Um, and so someone had sent him these cat balls and initially he had no idea what they were or how they worked. Um, but he has since gotten acclimated to them and so have the, the various spirits and there's a lot in that place um essentially so sorry um there there's a very extensive history um to where there is thousands of entities on property thousands oh wow yes wow. yeah basically yeah, that, beginning of time that place has um has tragedy after tragedy after tragedy essentially in like every era it's kind of crazy Uh oh 
So me and Jackson, we're in, um, we were in my room where you and I were, and we got like all, all that activity before. Mm-hmm. And it was fairly early in the day because he got here and he wanted to get started like right now. And we had a few <laughs> things to do. Um, but he wanted to get started. So I'm like, all right, look, let's do this. Let's, let's go in and, and get started. And so put it the same spot where I put it before. Am I, are you frozen? No, I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, cause, all right. So anyway, today is going to be trying I, with this, I'm sure, because if you don't move, I'm going to freak out thinking you're frozen and you know, it's going to be a day. And here I'm just so an attentive we're in listener. And <laughs> blink twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're in there. And of course, you know, can you let us know you're here? It goes off. And we're at, and I really should have recorded, but my phone was like on at 2%. I couldn't record shit. But I think for her, his first experience, I should have maybe made sure my phone was charged. But anywho, we're in there and he's like, you can talk to us. We're not going to hurt you. He's just being so cute and just so sweet. And then I'm like, you are, I said, isn't he just adorable? And it goes off. So he was like, oh, they think I'm cute. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a lot more, but that was like the first thing that was just, it was just the cutest. The way I said, isn't he adorable? And it just, it went off. It was just so cute. That's awesome. And we had fun and we actually went upstairs and it was very heavy up there. And mm. like it affected him. Like my husband said, feel his chest and his heart was like, oh, I'm like, well, let's go. We're going downstairs. Like he, I don't know if it was just, he was scared or it was really affecting him, but mm-hmm. we dipped. We went back downstairs and we were done for the night. We were done. We were done. That was, that was enough for him. He wanted to call his mom. Oh boy. So he, he called his mom and yeah, so that was, that was that. And I, I don't think we would do that again with him because he, he got a little scared and it affected him, but I said, you know, maybe another time when, you know, but not right now. So yeah, it may be just staying on on the main level instead of going upstairs because that is a heavy space. I mean, we went and um, attempted in there, but we didn't get any responses. Um, So yeah, I I did get a chance to feel... Sorry, I, I got a chance to feel that energy up there. And yeah, it, it's a very heavy, very heavy atmosphere. Yeah, and we were in that room that you and I were in, um, okay. the first room we went into. And Roy was standing with his, in the, like he was in the doorway with his back to my son's room. Okay. And you could hear there was movement. And you, we heard a couple voices. So, oh, okay. I, I, I think I think it affected Jack. So I said, "Let's go," and we went downstairs. And 
So maybe it just didn't want to reveal itself to me because technically I, I'm new there. You know, I was an intruder. So maybe that's why yeah. it didn't reveal itself when I was there. You good? Just doing the crazy look around yeah. thing. I don't know if it's my husband in the kitchen or my son. I thought my son, husband was gone, but maybe he's back. I don't know. Th these are noise canceling, so I can't really hear, but I can see like <laughs> shadows under the door. <laughs> She's freaking herself out, in other words. Um, yeah, so, and I don't, let's see, like this weekend, I have my 4th of July weekend, and my daughter asked me if I still had my sander, and I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> so she's bringing me a couple projects to do like update Aubrey's bedroom a little bit. So okay, that's going to be my weekend, sanding and painting and just hope the weather cooperates because it'll be outside and yeah. So it should be fun. It should be fun. My plan is to go see my husband uh, this weekend. So yeah. <laughs> It's always uh, an adventure in itself because it's two hours there. I get a hour and a half visit, and then it's two hours back. So, yeah, but, so that takes up a nice chunk of your day. Try to put it on private. Um, so yeah, it, it's always an adventure, but you know, worth doing because I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my recommendation for this week <laughs> is um, my ex-son-in-law's sister, yeah, I said that right, her, one of her sons was doing a fundraiser for coffee. Um, so, of course, I had to buy some because, you know, it's a fundraiser and it's coffee. Um, Two of her favorite So things. I got this and then it's got like yeah so it's got um uh the directions to make it hot cold or frozen so i'm like i like frozen we have i don't know if it's anywhere else but in michigan we have the bigby chain and in the summer i like to go there it's expensive as shit but it's good it's a nice treat once in a while well i follow the directions to do it frozen and i no longer really have to go to bigby so I believe it's, oh shit, I gotta look it up. It's a fire, firehouse, fireside. Uh, Something to do with fire. Yeah. Uh, fire. But they have all these different flavors. It's Firehouse Coffee. I think. Um, it's actually a company based in Swartz Creek, Michigan. Um, and I highly recommend. I will put the link in the show notes. Please let, let me remember that. Um, 
it is excellent frozen. Um, I actually had like the Walmart version brand of the Nutribullet in my trunk. So I had got that out, washed it, followed the directions, and... Well, I want to know why it was in your trunk. <clears throat> um, also, anyone that knows me knows I have a shopping problem. And sometimes I buy stuff and I hide it in my trunk. And then I pull it out when I need it. And yeah. So. Gotcha. I, uh, so, yeah. yeah, so that's my. Uh, <laughs> that's her. <haha. laughs> yeah, that that's that's why it was in there. Um, uh, too funny. Yeah, so, okay, I say we get started because I know you have a lot to do today. So I want to do oh, yeah, like a little... Know something else that's cool today? Sure. There's a magic show at my local library. Oh, Marshmallow's going to love that. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, <clears throat> you ready? Maybe. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I should be, I should be, I, I've ever, I've, I've never found it. Come on. Okay. So, um, a little recap from the last episode. Um, Okay, so we're going to start on a little recap from the last one. Um, Sam Shepard, youngest of three sons, all doctors, um, married Marilyn Reese in 1945. They had a seven-year-old son named Sam Reese, who they called Chip. Um, beginning of the 4th of July weekend, which oddly enough, we're coming up on. So that's kind of, um, kind of cool. Not well, not cool, but you know, uh, never mind. Forget I said that. <laughs> um, so they had started on the 3rd of July. <laughs> she just kind of ignore me. Um, with like a family neighborhood, like dinner at this house, you know, shit like that. End of the night at the shepherd's home, watching movies. Um, Sam fell asleep on the day bed. Um, neighbors went home, Marilyn went to bed. Uh, he woke up, she had been murdered. Um, neighbors came, police came. And then, you know, we had Dr. Gerber which I don't remember if I was saying Garber in the last episode or not, but if I, I was saying Garber. Okay. Well, he is a dick anyway. So who cares if I got his name wrong, but it's actually Gerber. I was going to say, we can call him Gerber. I don't like the baby Gerber, food. Because I don't like him either. Um, he went to the hospital. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking. Even my notes, I wrote Garber, but it's Gerber. It's Gerber. He's a dick, so no one cares. He's a dick. Um, <laughs> so basically, he ends up at the hospital, and uh, he's got injuries. Uh, Dr. Gerber didn't like the family had never personally met them and he was heard saying I'm going to get them someday and so it looks like you know now is his time to shine I guess um so there's that so now we're here <clears throat> for part two and that picks up where um after interviewing Dr. Shepard from the hospital, um, he heads back to the Shepherd home. By this time, there's two homicide detectives there, um, and they were trying to quote unquote untangle the slaying. It was Detective Robert Schottke and Detective Pat Grow. Um, they actually had like a high sol solving rate. There was like out of 99, there was one that they didn't solve or 95, something like that. I don't yeah. see how. So, <laughs> yeah, well, their, their, their way of solving a case, especially if it was a woman, was did she have a boyfriend, husband, significant other? Did he have an alibi? Um, if no alibi, then of course he's arrested because he did it. Um, she, she was murdered in her home with her husband just a few feet away. So, you know, obviously in their mind, it was him. Um, because at this point, because they're going by what that Dr. Gerber says um, that, you know, he did it. So they're going under that whole, because remember in Ohio at this time, it was the county coroner that investigated homicides so which is weird if you think about it like they were they oversaw the investigation like they didn't actually do the legwork okay so um they get there and to them detectives agreed it looked like a stage crime scene um drawers were pulled out evenly so instead of I don't like instead of apparently you have to if you're burglarizing a home be a sloppy fuck um some people are ocd i don't know um desk drawers were pulled out evenly you know same i don't know um because his there doctor go. bag the day, was, don't be a tidy burglar <laughs> <laughs> right if you're gonna do it do it messy if you don't know how, I will teach you. <laughs> I promise. <clears throat> Not that I'm a burglar, but you know, I know how to be messy. Oh, that went that came out way wrong. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so um Gerber was overheard saying it's obvious the doctor did it. Um I don't know. Huh. So the detectives show up to Dr. Sam's hospital room. 
um, about an hour after Gerber, Garber, the, the big, the, the asshole. Um, about an hour after he left, yeah, Gerber, about an hour after he left, the detectives show up to interview Sam in his hospital, in the, in the hospital. They were getting irritated while they were interviewing him because, now mind you, he's at his family's hospital. So his brother, Steve, keeps coming in and check, check his vitals twice during their interview so in their mind you're taking the attention away they're waiting they're there to get a confession essentially is what they're there for and with the his brother or i would assume any doctor coming in it breaks that concentration that everyone's got going and i do i do understand that um so yeah so the next thing they do is they go to the police station and examine the clothes that were collected by gerber um he had and i believe i mentioned this before he had a large blood spot on the knee as if he knelt in blood <clears throat> there was a downward tear in the right pocket where he clipped his keys um Um, the blood spatter patterns on the room seems out of order, but, uh, the blood spatter patterns from the murder room, um, indicate drops and mists were like flung from, I'm assuming the murder weapon. Um, but they found no blood on his shoes, belt, or anywhere on his pants other than the knee. Um, in their mind, this is why he dunked himself in the water. Because remember, he was found half in, half out of the water. Yeah. Um, so net, so they, they assume that he was in the water to wash off, right, to wash off evidence. But, I mean, he, he was pretty beat up. Um, yeah. I did talk about his injuries in the last episode. So now we go to the coroner's office with Dr. Lester Adelson, uh, Gerber's top deputy. Um, start, th this might get a little eh. So if you're queasy or eating, you might want to skip ahead or, or pause till you're done. I mean, it's not like real, real bad, but you know, some people are, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to give this description because no one gives a shit. Um, he was trained as a pathologist. He initially went, went to, initially studied, he went to Harvard. Um, he studied to be a gynecologist. So this is like, woo. Um, so when he went to Tufts University of Medicine, he actually kind of fell in love with legal medicine. Um, so then that's what he wanted to do. Um, he was highly skilled, nationally respected in his field. Um, he believed that a murder in the murder case, the body was the best witness because it's not going to like hide anything. It's not going to shade the truth and it, it's not going to plead like the fifth amendment. So 
Um, Marilyn's body was weighed and measured by 1230. Uh, and that's when he began his autopsy. So this is 12.30 p.m. when all of this started at 5.40. So it, it's a little bit, little. So by this time, after when he began the cut, he determined that uh, rigor mortis was now complete. Uh, this was a significant fact. Um, but now his challenge was to accurately as possible determine the time she was killed. Um, a fairly precise time of death would eliminate any suspects who could prove they were elsewhere. So to make that determination, they kind of had to rely on rigor and stomach contents. If the body had been at room temperature, uh, rigor would be complete six to eight hours after death. But of course, that's going to vary body to body. Uh, using six hours, that would put her death at 6.30, which was after police was at the scene. So we know it wasn't six. Eight hours places her death after 4.30, and that is the estimation that fits the best. So he placed her death between 4.15 a.m. and 4.45. Um, her stomach was empty, except for a half ounce of mucoid fluid. I don't know what that is. Didn't look it up. Sorry. Um, he learned that the shepherds finished their evening meal around 9.30. They started their evening meal around 9.30 and finished before 10.30. Um, a person needed, needs five to seven hours to digest a large meal. By that measure, using her stomach contents, now it puts her death between 3.30 and 5.30. So we are just all over the map. So all three estimates overlap the 4.30 to 4.45. So in his report, uh, he put, Adelson puts her time of death at about 4.30 a.m. <clears throat> um, and then it says she also could have died up to an hour later. So uh, Gerber, his, his name just pisses me off, <clears throat> um, who is not a pathologist told reporters that Marilyn had died around 3 a.m. So he didn't even have, like that wasn't even in any of the pathologist findings. Um, so if she died at 3 a.m., which doesn't seem likely, and Sam didn't call the mayor until 4.45 or so, what was he doing for nearly three hours? And that, that's pretty much their question. Um, as the time of death moved earlier, Sam's account of being knocked out became more suspicious. Adelson typed the report recently discovered in the county, shut up, in the uh, county coroner's office files was either ignored by Gerber, which seems, or simply withheld from the public and Shepard for nearly five decades. So that was a recent find. I don't, I that's, I think, I think it was both. I think it was ignored and withheld from, like, honestly, who cares if the 
public knows, but it was hidden from the shepherds. Yeah. You know, and not only Sam, Dr. Sam, but also remember they have a son. So, all right. So now we're going to get into the condition of Marilyn. So now, if you don't want to hear, skip. Um, he found 15 crescent-shaped lacerations on her forehead and scalp. <clears throat> Most of them uh, one inch long and a half inch wide. So, wow. I mean, yeah, that's... Um, some gouges had not cut all the way through the scalp tissue. Others were deep and exposed skull bone. Um, Addison counted all of the body's wounds and came up with 35. That is brutal. That that, is, like that's, that's just a lot. brutal. Um, her nose had been broken. Her eyelids were bruised blue and swollen shut. Two of her upper medial incisors were snapped off, one below the gum line, which is significant because remember in the last episode, dumbass Gerber, Garber, whatever, remember he put his finger and felt around in her mouth yep. and found nothing broken because remember they found teeth in the bed. So that right there proves him wrong. So at this point, there's two things that contradict what the coroner has said. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, her mouth did not, however, appear bruised. Though a small abrasion of crusted blood was on her lips. Mm -hmm. um, the killer had fractured her skull plates with 15 blows. But none of the strikes were none of the strikes were powerful enough to push the bone into the dura which encased the cerebellum just under the skull bone um adelson made note that her skull was cracked her frontal bones which meet at a seam called the frontal suture were separated from the blows wow uh, hemorrhages in the brain showed that her heart has had been pumping when these blows were struck, meaning she was still alive for a lot of this. Her yeah. lungs and windpipe were congested with blood, but there was no blood in her stomach. She may have already been unconscious and unable to swallow when the blows were landed, which... It, it's just ugh, it, very brutal and it, it's horrible if she felt any of this which I'm sure she did if she screamed for her husband right um, her fingernails were pale blue um, which is a sign of oxygen, oxygen deprivation um, which su suggested she may have asphyxiated which would make sense if she was unconscious and couldn't swallow mm -hmm. um marilyn also suffered at least four blows to her left hand and wrist which i'm assuming is like a defense thing yep um she had a quarter size bruise on her left shoulder her right little pinky finger looked broken 
Her left hand was not marked except for the ring finger. Um, oh, this pains me. Um, its fingernail had been torn off. It was hanging by a strip of skin. There was no blood on the finger and a ring appeared pulled up to the first knuckle. So maybe they were trying to take her wedding ring off, but remember she was pregnant, so probably swollen. Um, it was obvious that she put up a fight, which makes sense from the bruised hand. Um, and she may have, a, a, may have scratched her attacker um, and that suggested by the torn fingernail. <clears throat> So he scraped under each of her fingernails, hallelujah, uh, preserved the evidence in a separate folded paper packet and marked the specimens for trace evidence, technician Mary Cowan. Um, they then took photographs of her face. Then he washed the blood from her wounds, which really is a mistake, but he's going by the fact that Gerber says Sam did it. Um, you already know, don't believe that guy. Right. So going by that didn't necessarily perform all the tests that were really needed. But he's being told <laughs> we have we have sound effects. Um, <laughs> he neglected to examine the blood from various wounds under a microscope. Um because remember, they don't know what the murder weapon is. And of course, the murder weapon can leave behind splinters, paint chips, fibers, all different kinds of evidence that now has not been tested because they have washed all this away. Yeah. Um, and sure also on autopsy, even... they put like a little... Sorry. Um, I would think that even though, you know, no, Gerber says that, you know, it's the husband and everything, that they would still test that material, you know, that they would still test that blood, that they would still comb the hair for anything that they might find in it, you know, instead of just being like, eh, we're good, he yeah. says it's this. Yeah, that's... Uh... <sighs> I get it, but I don't. Like, I mean, if it's an open and shut case, okay, I, I get it. You're being told by basically your superior, we know who did it, save your save your time and our resources, basically. Um, and then also, right, and you know, you gotta remember this is the 50s. So, um, and there normally- due diligence in the 50s. Right, right, right. I, and I get it. But again, he's being told by his superior, they know did it. Oh, yeah, A lot of this me. is unnecessary. It, it sucks. And yeah. Um, and normally a fine filter is put over the drain of the autopsy table to collect any evidence, which of course, yeah, normally not done. This was not done because, again, this is seemingly open and shut case. Um, they just had to, you know, make the evidence fit. 
um, authorities on the street and in the lab did not take the extra steps they normally would have to solve a mysterious case. Because unfortunately, there's a person there saying, we know who did it. Um, <laughs> and of course, Adelson had not, had not worked at the murder scene at all. So um, if he had, he would have seen that this kind of resembled a sex crime. Because mm -hmm. remember the condition of her body, the unbuttoned pajama top, one leg was removed from. Yeah. You know, I would think too that even though did he's only doing that. Yeah, I did. Okay, we're muted or something. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. We we did mention at the beginning of this that we've had technical difficulties. Welcome to yeah. the difficulties. <laughs> yeah, somehow we just got muted. Okay. I don't know. My phone told me that. It said the Zoom meeting is being muted. I fuck. I don't know. It, it's <sighs> it's insane. been a day for our technology. So anywho. It's, we're not even in Mercury retrograde. What the hell? <laughs> right. Ne Neptune. Neptune, I think it is. Is in retrograde? In retrograde, but Neptune. something something's in retrograde. I don't, but it's not Mercury. Thank fuck. Um. So again, if you remember the how she was found, um, she was nearly nude, and her legs were open. Um, her breast and um nether regions were exposed um in the lab dr adelson noticed uh, huh? was that even what i was saying is that even though um he was you know the autopsy clerk and whatnot but he would have still had some type of description of the, the scene although the body wouldn't he i mean but he did the paper Instead of just, there's a body, that's fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. I don't know if you guys heard her, but I think what she was saying, because you do sound kind of far away, but I, I um, was, if whether or not he got like a report of what the crime scene looked like, but it doesn't appear he, he knew. Um, so, but he noticed a creamy white substance in her vagina. Uh, later, he swabbed the white substance and slid on a microscope slide and examined it. Um, he spotted an abundant amount of epithelial cells and bacteria, but not sperm cells. Um, he did not closely look inside the vagina for inflammation or tearing or evidence of rape because, again, they think the husband did it. Um, he had performed several thousand autopsies at this point, and he knew that uh, domestic homicides um, and like telltale injuries often follow a pattern. A man and his wife or girlfriend argue, tempers boil, violence erupts. 
Slaps might turn to punches in the arm's face, to choking, eventually beatings with a weapon at hand. Um, Adelson did not find such bruising on the arms or neck. Um, then, and this part might be a little touchy. Um, they removed a fetus he judged to be about four months long. It would have been a boy. Um, he preserved it in a large specimen jar. His verdict uh, typed later said Marilyn Shepard uh, died of massive head injuries and the cause of death was homicide. Um, Marilyn's father, Thomas Reese, was a private well-to-do man who was not close to his daughter. Um, he had just seen Sam and Marilyn the week before. Um, he had showed them his new boat and they had spent the day helping him get ready for its bathed launch. Um, her dad had planned on surprising them on the 4th by sailing out to Bay Village and uh, hailing them from the shore. Sorry. <laughs> we have sound effects today, people. It's been figured out by now. My son is also in the room with us. Um, but he has time to. And so he keeps watching his videos. And, and that's where the sound effects are going to um so instead of seeing them sorry go ahead um nope you're good you're good um instead he raced uh to the hospital and found sam heavily sedated and somewhat incoherent um her dad was stunned it doesn't seem possible his quote is it just doesn't seem possible. Alive a day or so ago and now gone. Um, so now we're back at the crime scene with our favorite asshole, Dr. Gerber. Um, your favorite asshole. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so Dr. Gerber and Chief Eaton, who remember is a friend of the Shepherds, uh, gathered together a team of neighbors and teenage boys to search the underbrush of the bluff behind the Shepherd home. Very very professional search. Yeah. Very. Teenage boys. Yeah. Always professional. Yeah. Um, so they're looking for a discarded weapon. So, you know, let's just have everybody in town come look and find out, you know, cut down all the weeds and the tall grass and vines. Um, and Larry Hauk, the 16-year-old son of the mayor, who remember they were the first that Sam called, um spotted a green cloth bag and picked it up you know I, I and i'm sure they passed out gloves to all these people oh yes because top-notch professional um so he picked up the green cloth bag and spilled out its contents there was a keychain holding keys a class ring a fraternity charm and a man's watch the watch had stopped at 4 15 a.m which right, literally right before uh, coincides with that. <laughs> um, that is like one of the times Dr. Adelson going by the 
uh, eight hours of rigor mortis, took it to about 4.15 to 4.45. Um, so the watch stopped at 4.15 a.m. and it had condensation under the crystal. It was shown to Detective Garreau, who saw the dried blood on the expandable metal band, which I cannot wear those because arm hair is a thing. And yeah, I can't wear anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I've got the scrunchie bands. It looks like a hair tie on my Fitbit. And that Thanks. is perfect. I can wear it at work. It doesn't scratch vehicles. And I have a silicone face, so I'm, it's completely protected. Anywho, it's not about me. Um, if this is Dr. Sam's watch, the last clue of the case he believed. Uh, in his retelling earlier, Sam did not say he had checked on his wife after he was knocked out. So how could he get blood on his watch? Which, you know, he was bruised and bloody. So um, around 2 p.m. So now we're like, math, I'm not doing it. So 2 p.m. So it's, we're like eight hours after the initial call to the neighbors. So detectives, uh, Grow and Shopke, and I don't know if I'm saying these things right, sorry. I might say them different every time. It's a crapshoot. Uh, they decided to confront Dr. Sam in his hospital room. And this is, of course, before Miranda warnings. Uh, Court-appointed lawyers were not a thing yet. Um, and the de detectives were following standard procedure. Um, they brought uh, Chief Eaton along because he would be the official who could order an arrest. Um, the detectives had a reputation as good interrogators aiming for a confession. They knew they had to offer a, su a suspect understandable rationale. Kind of like, oh, she hit you first, then it's understandable. You know that. And I've seen it in, I've seen it in cases where it works, kind of. Um, the other case that I'm obsessed with, they kind of did that with the husband. Um, and it was, you know, that gave him the idea for his confession and he's an asshole, so fuck him. Um, so at Sam Shepard's bedside, Grow played the good cop because he was about the same age um, and he was planning on getting a law degree. So he, and he was more, the more polished of the detectives. Um, as an excuse, he suggested that maybe Marilyn was unfaithful because, you know, of course, it's, that would have to be the reason. Um, and canvassing neighbors earlier, detectives were told that um, a house guest of the Shepherds um, was infatuated with Marilyn, uh, but she had spurned his advances. Um, but they learned he was 40 miles away um, playing golf. Um, Uh, so, you know, of course, they, they keep playing this, you know, was she unfaithful, you know, because it would be understandable that if you lost your temper. Um, Sam said, yep, Sam said, no, she was faithful, 
though he did know of several men who were interested. And I did forget to post the pictures. And she was a beautiful woman. She was very pretty. Um, I, I will do that today. I promise. I promise I will do it today. Um, he had even questioned, Dr. Sam had even questioned uh, one of those men. But he didn't tell them that it was his friend, the mayor, that had been interested in Marilyn. Um, but was satisfied, yeah, but was satisfied that nothing was going on between them. Um, the neighbor. They showed it. Hmm. Yeah, right. Um, so, and I've read books on this case. It's been a while. And we're going to say that Dr. Sam may not have killed his wife. But he wasn't innocent in that same realm. So okay. um, they showed him the stuff that the neighbor's son found. Um, and he said that, yes, they were his. Um, there was no signs of a break-in, nothing of value of taken. Because um, remember, his wallet was on him still. It was waterlogged. Mm -hmm. um, and their thought was how could you get blood on your watch band unless you were the one that you know hit her <sighs> um, and then Shopkey the other one said I don't know about my partner but I think you killed your wife he denied it saying he loved her he insisted he could do no such thing he was dedicated to saving lives um, at that point, he presses his nurse's call button. His brother come. His brother Richard comes in the room, which this is now a, a different brother that was checking his vitals earlier, and he says they think I've killed Marilyn. Uh, so his brother says you need a lawyer and ask the detectives to leave. Um, at that point, they ask the chief. Sam's friend, what he thought, and he replied that Sam was probably lying. So they urge him to arrest so we can question him, question him at the hospital jail. Uh, hospital jail? What? I'm, I'm assuming there's like a, a hospital ward in the jail, like a sick bay of sorts, I guess. I don't I don't know. I've never heard of hospitals themselves having jails. No, I'm thinking, I don't know if it's the hospital jail. They say uh, hospital jail, but I'm wondering if there's not like a medical wing of the jail. Could be, yeah. Um, hopefully, I never personally find out, but. Um, wings in prison, so. They wanted to interview him uninterrupted to try to get a confession. They wanted to make him feel helpless. Um, you know, like he would never get away with murder, but he was in his family's hospital. So he kind of had allies with him. Um, at this point, Eaton said, the chief Eaton said he would think about arresting Sam. 
Um, and by the afternoon, it was clear they were not going to arrest him and the detectives were upset. They had approached the Shepherd crime scene with confidence. Um, the battering suggested that her killer knew her and for some reason really wanted to work over her face. And they just assumed it had to be him. Um, that night, uh, Otto, Grant, uh, Otto, not Otto, because he's not a car. Because um, remember, he's, he's the one that played for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he okay. came to see Dr. Sam. Um, and uh, so, he, well, he went to see him. Uh, Bill Corrigan. Uh, shit. I don't know. That. Um, he, oh, he was an attorney. Uh, he handled celebrity cases, uh, defending murders, racketeers, um, and it, but his bread and butter client was the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. Uh, Corrigan paused and turned on the steps, giving photographers a chance to take his picture. Um, and it was news because now they feel that, you know, the victim's husband felt he needed an attorney now. But of course, he's being accused. Of course, he needs an attorney. Right. Um, at the same time, they told the double-edged sword, well, if you need an attorney, you must yeah. Right. Um, so now the next day, um, it was hard to avoid the news of what had happened. Um, and, you know, there was the headlines, doctor's wife murdered, uh, the subtitle read, Drug Thieves Suspected. Um, you know, and they brought up the fact that Mrs. Sam Shepard, like she doesn't even have her own name, which I'm assuming that was, was back then. Yeah, I'm assuming it was the time. Um, so Mrs. Sam Shepard, an expectant mother, was murder victim in her Bay Village home. Um, so they have like her picture, like um, her picture is there. Um, Dr. Sam is in photos of him in the, his hospital room. Um, you know, he's got a brace around his neck, things like that. Um, they ran a full broadsheet of photographs of Marilyn, Sam, Chip, the living room, the upturned doctor's bag. Um, at this point, Gerber cleared the Shepherd home the morning of the murder and had barred the Shepherd brothers from entering, which I think was it's cleared, it shouldn't have been barred. But the coroner was the elected official who cultivated the press, allowed photographers and reporters to tour the home um whatever they wanted once the body was removed uh so they they were taking photographs family photographs um they had the most revealing photos and the shepherd family said they couldn't find those pictures later so they were most likely stolen which is 
really shitty. Um, there was a, it was a soon to be famous photo showing Sam in swimming trunks and Marilyn in a form fitting two piece bathing suit, water skiing side by side. Um, they were a very good looking couple. Um, by mid morning of July 5th, uh, lines of cars were driving past the house where pregnant, pregnant doctor's wife had been murdered. Uh, people were taking pictures, just gawking on the edge of the property. Um, they actually had to get a policeman to direct traffic and chase people away. Uh, reporters were sympathetic to Dr. Shepard as the bereaved bereaved spouse, um, Dr. Shan, oh my God, see words are getting hard. It's too early for this. Um, most modern medical, okay, hold on. I, I skipped ahead in my notes, I'm sorry. Um, Dr. Sam, as he was called in the hospital is a virtual legend among his patients. Um, he employed the most modern technique uh, time and time again, performing miracles on what seemed like hopeless cases. Um, there was even a suspicion that the shepherd's dog failed to sound an alarm. Um, so yeah, that was, um, and I, I think that might be where we leave it today. Um, because I think, okay, I haven't read the whole book yet because this is a new book to me. So honestly, I don't know if this book is technically, well, I would think by the name, it kind of sways in Dr. Sam's favor. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, I know how the story ends, but I don't know if this, and here's what pisses me off. Um, I don't have Wi-Fi at work. I can get Wi-Fi at work, but because it's a company Wi-Fi, they now have access to my phone and no, thank you. Uh. No, thank you. I mean, no. Um, so I did because using scribed, I can, I have both the audio and just the book, the mm -hmm. ebook. And remember the other day I said, I'm going to go listen to the audio. Nope. It won't let me do it. It was skipping around and it was because my signal at work sucks. So that sucks. Yeah. And usually when I'm home, I, I just, yeah. So, but that's where we're going to leave it today because now like the preliminary investigation is over. They, you know, they go in, check the home. Um, and so be prepared for part three. Yes. Um, the, yeah, you know, and there's just so many details that, like I said last week, 
you feel it can be left out, but then you get to a point and you're like, oh shit, that was important. And then you have to go back. I go back and add it to my notes to make it make sense now. And yeah, yeah. Because like the next part is like Sam in his younger years, which I'm, I mean, unless people want like his grown up shit, like what he was like as a kid, um, I don't necessarily want to put all that in the, in, um, I would rather stick to like, like I, I did in the beginning do like his medical background because I feel, I felt that was because of his background and the Gerber not liking the family because they were osteopath doctors. Right. So, it, it makes sense. So there's your poll of the week. So please let us know. Would you like the entire bio of Sam or would you like the facts pertaining to the case only? So please email let us know what you are interested in hearing yes um i i will tell you that there are more tragedies coming uh yeah there there's more more tragedies coming um four and five (laughs) (laughs) um this is um a heartbreaking case like on so many levels and the one i feel absolutely horrible for is the son who last i checked is still alive um like i remember even reading on this as a teenager you know when going to the library was still a thing and checking out i believe at the time there was a book or two um, and then I remember PBS had a documentary, um, like this kid lost his mom, his dad, um, That's terrible. grandparents in a not so great way. Um, so that, that child between the ages of seven and I'm gonna say 12, dealt with a lot of heartbreak. Wow, good for and, him becoming a serial killer. Right, um, and he fought, and for all I know, he still um, is fighting to get his dad totally exonerated. Yeah. So understandable. So yeah, it's it's like my heart goes out to to him. He's a full grown adult. Like he's got to be probably in his late seventies, maybe early eighties. Um, Like I just he he's a strong ass dude because he he fought to get his dad cleared yeah um so next week um i will be part three 
yeah, there will there will be a part three. Um, we have a amazing additional episode this week. I was just going to ask you to talk about that. I'm so excited for it. We have Frankie from Frankie Insights all the way from Australia coming on to the show. And this will be our first guest speaker. And I'm super excited. Um, he is psychic. And I found him on TikTok, of all places. Um, he does intuitive tarot reads and um, also does private readings and things like that. Um, he does energy work. He does Reiki. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, he does light language. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll actually be talking to him um, tomorrow night, I believe it is, which even though yes. it's our Wednesday night, it is his Thursday afternoon. Fun fact, Sydney, Australia is 15 hours ahead of myself. So yeah, our nighttime is his middle of the night and things like that. So it, it's been an interesting challenge to work out a time frame to where we're all awake <laughs> and not working. Yeah, yeah it, it took a minute and me being the asshole I am, I made Jenny do the math. <laughs> you know what? No, I did made Google do the math. <laughs> there you go. Hey, might as well make her be useful. Exactly. She can't give directions to save my life, but you know, we'll let her do math. Yeah. But my son all is right. chomping at the so. bit and ready to steal all of my fun toys. Uh, he was just playing with my dowsing rods. So on that note, we're going to go. He is going to go have his head checked. Excuse me to find out what's going on. Oh, hiccups. All right. Good Lord. Okay, that tells me it's time for me to get off. Not in that way. All right. Keep it. Keep me posted. Everyone have a wonderful day and we will be back tomorrow with Frankie. All right. Bye. Bye. Until next time. Creep you later. Bye.